When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Say hello to Lightbox, a new brand of laboratory-grown diamond jewelry. While natural diamonds are rare, Lightbox can make a lot of lab-grown ones, making them more affordable at $200 for a quarter carat, plus the cost of the setting. The best part? They come in different colors, like pink and blue. They've got necklaces and earrings for birthdays, beach days, or just because days. So treat yourself or give one as a gift. Check them out at lightboxjewelry.com slash happy hour. Hey friends, I'm so glad you're here. This is our last happy hour episode before Christmas is here. This is such a fun season. I hope it's fun in your home. It's super fun in my home. My kids are about to be out for Christmas break. By the end of this week, we're going to be on full on rest mode. I hope this holiday season that you're finding time to be with your people, to rest and reflect on the joy that we have in Jesus. I'm always in awe this time of year that God chose to send us our Savior in the form of a baby. He humbled himself and came down and put on flesh to be with us. And so I hope that you're reflecting on that. I hope that that is meaning something to you this year. Our guest today on The Happy Hour is my friend, Amy Wolf. Now, Amy and I met last year at the Shine Conference, which is a conference that Noonday Collection puts on in January. And I knew I liked her from the minute I met her, but you're going to have to hear the way this interview almost did not happen. It's a great story. It's also a great reminder that sometimes things aren't as you see. So we talk about so many fabulous things today. You need a pen and paper or, hey, little plug here, you need our podcast journal that we have in the Happy Hour store. That's right. We have a podcast note taker in our Happy Hour store. It's super cute, super fun. You guys are loving it that are getting it. Find that. You'll need it for this episode, you guys. We cover so much today. We talk about jealousy, our worth, our sin, and God's grace, grief, walking through grief. Amy shares a story of losing her brother. She also shares a story about a relationship with a witch. Yes, you heard me say witch. No, this is not a Halloween episode. It's a real, true thing. I was blown away. I was so intrigued, and I love to hear her talk about her friend. We also talk about how to be a better speaker and how to be a better listener in the campaign that her and her family started called The Movement at Don't Give Up Signs. It's really cool. You're going to hear about it. There's so much to talk about. You guys, I have some exciting news to share with you. Ivy Media, which if you don't know what Ivy Media is, Ivy Media is the big umbrella that's over the podcast. It's over my writing. It's over any other endeavors I might take on. But we are launching a Patreon. Now, Patreon is a place for artists to build relationships and provide exclusive experiences to their subscribers, or they might call them their patrons. So when we were dreaming about 2019 and beyond, 
One of the number one things that keeps coming up to the top of our list is how do we connect with our listeners? How do we connect with people that love the show? How do we get their input? How do we create more content that they want to hear? And so that's you. You are one of our listeners. If this is your first time to listen to The Happy Hour, welcome. If this is your 224th show, we're so glad you keep coming back every single week. But we created this Patreon for you, to know you. We have a lot of fun things that you can do. Check out jamieivy.com slash Patreon. Or just go to jamieivy.com and you'll be able to find it. We're going to have two different levels. Each of those levels has different accesses to what you can do, but I'll tell you some of the fun things that we're going to do. We're going to do some focused series topics. So we're going to do some of those. We're going to do a monthly late night with Aaron and I, where we sit and ask your questions or we share things with you. We're going to do a monthly show that it's just me and a friend talking about just whatever we want to talk about, but it's extra. It's an add-on that you only get through this. We're going to give you early access to events, which that's going to come in handy in a couple of weeks when our next Happy Hour Live tickets go on sale. Yes, they're going on sale in January. The next Happy Hour Live, we announced it on the holiday gift guide and it's April 26th and April 27th. Yes, my guests are amazing. Catherine Lowe, Amy Hannon, Andy Andrews, Jackie Hill Perry. Oh, it's going to be a good, good weekend. But my favorite part about launching this Patreon page is to be able to interact with you. I'm serious. I love it. I love meeting you when I'm on the road. And this is going to give us another way to connect and another way for us to get you content that you want to hear. I hope that you're going to join our community in 2019 because I think you're going to really like it. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with my sweet friend, Amy Wolf. Hey, Amy, welcome to the happy hour. Oh, this is surreal. This is nuts. I have to tell you something. Go. A confession. I love confession hour. Good. I am a podcast virgin. Wow. Yeah, I just started listening to them because when we met, I asked you, did we never- Is that in January? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I asked you, I never listened to podcasts. Why would I, when would I do that? And anyway, I started listening to them ever since. When, when, when do you listen to them? I listened to them commuting in the car. Uh-huh. That is that is when I told my... you that you would listen to them? Well, you had mentioned grocery shopping. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. Oh, I don't do that. And cleaning, I don't do that. But I don't clean. So let's just get that out in <laughs> the open. So that's not when I listen to podcasts, but I do in the grocery store. So this is kind of my first podcasting gig. I'm so glad it's with me. Yeah, I'm nervous. And I'll tell you why. I'm a, people will find out as they listen that I am a speaker coach a professional speaker. Which would contradict the nervousness you just told me about. No, because get this, I get to prepare and plan for my speaking gigs, but you cannot prepare <gasps> that is so and true. plan for a podcast because I don't know where this is going to go. And I could ask you just the most crazy out of nowhere questions. You could if you were mean. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. See, the happy hour is a happy hour. Yes, <laughs> like, let's stay happy. People sometimes when they're coming on, they're like, okay, I don't want to talk about politics. I'm like, yeah, me neither. So we're good. Oh, I want to. Oh, no, not me. Oh, we can make it fun. I, I don't we'll know how there. that would be fun. Although you're, I'm going to ask you some questions later about how you do this in your real life. Yeah, well, I love to have difficult conversations and, and feeling like everyone feels loved and respected. It's my new mission, it feels like. I love, I, I'm not going to say that I don't love that. It would make me nervous if it was recorded. I'll say that. Ah, uh, where you can't take back and who knows who's going to see it. Well, I'm in charge of this show, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you can edit whatever you want. I can make this sound however I want. But um, I would not like to do this if it was going to be recorded. That's fair. Yeah. Can I tell you an interesting backstory of how today is even happening that you don't know about? Does that intrigue you? I totally want to know this. Okay. We met... People, you and I. people should know. Okay. We met at 
Noonday's Shine Conference in January of 2018. Yes, this past year. Mm -hmm. You were an MC, mm -hmm. and I was a keynote on stage. Mm -hmm. Also a keynoter on stage was a gal named Michelle McKinney. Yes. And we stayed in contact on social media post-event. Uh -huh. I love her. She's, she's been on the show. So great. Yes. Speaking of her being on the show in June, I think she was on your show, I saw it on Instagram, and I had this bizarre reaction of ugly jealousy. Oh, really? I got so jealous. Like, what? Is that a common thing for you? No. Okay, yeah. So this Jamie is like, what is Ivy, this? Like, oh, that was cool. How'd you do that? And and I was feeling really bad about it because it was gross. But you were jealous of what? That she got to come on the show oh, yeah. and, and connect with you mm -hmm. and have this platform. And so I worked it out with Jesus. But a couple of days later, can I, can I, can I ask some questions? Yeah. How'd you work that out with Jesus? I said- Because this is like, I'll, I, I keep interrupting you, but no. in the spring- I went through some like, it's not my, it's not my thing either. Jealousy. It's not going to be my struggle. My struggle list is long. That's not on it usually. <laughs> okay. But I went through some extreme jealousy. Oh, was it the book stuff? It might've been. Mm. And my girlfriend, Amanda, had to listen to me mm. for weeks and I had to work it out with Jesus too. My working out with Jesus was real quick and it was, oh, mine was this it. is dumb. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't feel this way. It's pride and I have to let it go. Oh, oh, that hurts yeah, no, so it, bad. Hurt, it hurt real bad. So I, I was struggling with it and I was trying to let it go. And a couple of days later, the craziest thing happened. Michelle did an Instagram story. She loves those as much as you do. Yes. And she said, Y'all, I was practicing. I don't know if she said, Y'all, but I'm in Texas right now. So you so have to she say, says, Yeah. Y'all, I was doing a speaking gig and I was preparing. And I remember Amy Wolf's words from Shine. Uh, a tip that she gave and it made the biggest difference and I nailed it and I felt so much better. And I just want to shout out, Amy, you are so good at what you do. And I wrote her back and said, you have no idea the timing mm. of this, that you was you were a cheerleader for me in my lane and what I do and what I'm good at. Because two days later, I didn't like you really. I mean, I was jealous. Mm -hmm. And isn't it beautiful that God used you to affirm me just within that same week. And she said, girl, let's get on a call. Like any coaching good That's coach exactly. I was going to say, this is, this is her lane and she's oh, going to coach you. Yeah. So we got on a call and she said, what are 10 things you want to do and accomplish? Which I hate goals. I, because I'm driven. I hate you goals. Mean, I can't check them off fast enough. Okay. 10 things this year or she's just like 10 things anything, in her life? Anything. Oh, I want to do that. And so I made a list and some of it was Michelle, surprising. call me. Let's get this off. Yeah. <laughs> And one of the things was, well, yeah, gosh, dang it. I want to connect with Jamie Ivey. We met, but I want to come on the show. I don't know why. Yeah. And she said, great. What are you going to do about it? And I said, I'm going to write her an email. So I wrote you an email and you didn't respond. Which is like, it, it, this is so the story of my life, everyone. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I knew I was coming to Austin because I just got done speaking at a conference yesterday. I knew I was coming here. So I sent a follow-up email Hey, Jamie, don't mean to pressure you, but I am coming in town. If you want to get together, here's a bit of my story. If you want some speaking tips and then nothing. And then here's where your mind starts to create a narrative. I'm feeling so bad right now. No, it's now. okay because there's a twist. But oh, yeah. I was feeling like I'm unchosen. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough followers. I, I, you know, you're making up stories. So finally, it's the week I have to book my travel here and I send you an Instagram message and I don't want to push you, but I just am seeing, and you said, what email? I never got an email. 
And that makes me feel so happy. Yes, it wasn't you. It was a typo. Oh, you were sending it to the wrong, e- this, yes. I, it was a typo in the email. Because and, then you told me what email you sent it to. And I was like, that's not how it's spelled. No. And I about, okay, now I feel so much better too because I remember how this went down. So here I've learned, number one, don't be jealous of other people's success. Number two, don't make up stories in your head. Number three, ask for what you want. Jamie, I'm coming. Do you want to interview? And then when you ask for what you want, you cannot attach your worth and value if it's a no. Like, Girl, I can, can we just stop the show right now? Like you just <laughs> gave us like, this is so good. Oh, the journey of getting to on this couch with you, it has been super interesting and wonderful. Can you say those four things one more time? Yeah. Don't be jealous of oh, yes. other people's success. Ask for what you want. Do not let your value and worth be attached to a no. And don't make up stories in your head. It's so good. We do that all the time. All the time. And you know, our minds are actually created to close loops. And that's why we make up stories. My husband reacted this way. He must fill in the blank. And we make all these assumptions. And really, we need to just ask good questions of each other and communicate well. Wow. And not send emails to the wrong email address for four months. (laughs) That is such a hard feeling though, when you feel as though no one's responding. And I jokingly, like, I do struggle with emails. You know, like, it wouldn't be, that wouldn't have been the weirdest story if I had just, like, (laughs) forgotten, like, because they just get pushed down to the bottom. And then three months later, I'm like, oh, here's this email. But it is so true how we do that is we make, I told you when I, when we, I just walked into the room, I told you what a doctor said to my kid at a doctor's appointment this morning. And I heard it as, you're a bad mom. Yeah. He didn't say that. I don't know if he meant that or not, but he did not say you're a bad mom. But that's mom. the story you told the yourself. story I told why myself. Why he said it the way he did. And I've been thinking about it the entire 45-minute drive to the noonday offices where we're sitting right now of, why does he think I'm a bad mom? Like, right. he didn't say that though. And we do that. Right. I'm so glad you're on this couch. Thanks for having me. I know that your listeners might not know who I am, so I appreciate you giving it a whirl. Hi, everybody. Um, hi, everybody. <laughs> Amy Wolf in, in the flesh. Yes, in Austin, Texas. Okay, so tell everybody what you do. I am a mom of two girls. They are eight years old, Avery, and five years old, Harper. I've been married to my husband, Jake, for 13 years. We met in high school, but we were not sweethearts. I was going to say, because I always tell my kids this doesn't, it's not, it's not real. No, it can't it happen. I know it can, but the odds, I mean, the odds are not in your favor. No. And we were on and off. We got married after college, but uh, yet we've been married. I, my day job is that I own a company with my father and we provide coaching opportunities in small groups or one-on-one to help people with their speaking skills, presentation skills. How did that start? Because I don't know how you start that company. No, the question, I get this question a lot. How on earth did you get this career? Yeah. Especially I'm younger. People are curious. Why? How old are you? I'm 34. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, But I started coaching when I was 28. So when I walk to an executive who's paying premium coaching pricing and they see a woman half their age. Which even look younger than 30. I mean, you're like, you could pass right now for 28. So. Well, thank you. You're welcome. But I mean, serious. Like I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my father started it when he was doing support work for PowerPoint for clients way back when, before it was actually PowerPoint. And then he realized beautiful visuals, terrible messaging. He helped leaders craft messages that resonated, were more clear, then realized great messaging, great visuals. But if you get up there and tank in how you deliver it, it doesn't matter what you paid me to make all those other things good. 
what then became very quickly into the business was most, mostly coaching, where now we get with people and we do the awful videotaping method. I cannot even... I did not bring it today. I cannot even imagine doing that though. Yeah, it's painful. And then everyone thinks it's awful. And then they're so grateful that they had a truth teller come in so and true. give them clear guidance on what to do, not to do. What are your defaults? What are your mannerisms? They're relieved, a little nervous, and then pretty relieved when they walk out. I think it's even easier though, because there's no emotional attachment to you guys. No. You know what I mean? Like if I had to stand in front of like my girlfriends, which I trust them, but I would also, my mind would tell me stories that weren't true. Yeah. When they would tell me things, I would be like, well, they think I'm awful at this and they don't know why I had this job. But you, I'm like, I'm paying you money. You better tell me something. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna be like, oh, you're awesome. Because then I'm like, I want my money back because I know I'm not awesome. <laughs> well, what's wrong is when people ask for feedback, generally they get, oh, no, no, that was good. Yeah, good job. When that's not helpful or specific and sometimes that's not honest. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I get to speak and travel around yeah. and do that. And it's like one of the most, I, I, when I say this, it sounds like I'm not serious, but I'm so serious. Every single time I step on a stage and I speak mostly in church settings, only church settings. Sure. Every time I step on a stage, I am so grateful that whoever brought me in trusts me to speak into their people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. I don't take that lightly for a split second. And so it's a big deal to me that they would say, we trust that whatever comes out of your mouth, yeah, we're going to agree with. Yeah. That's it's scary. Yeah, it's trust. And you want to be responsible. With I trust. do want to be responsible. Do you want to hear my top three tips for anyone speaking anywhere ever? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yes. So this would, gosh, if you lead an if gathering someday, I've heard people in their careers, people at PTA meetings, I was going to say, even people, like moms stepping up in front of the, or dads, I'm not going to just, sure, whatever. Yeah. TED Talk speakers, I work with them developing their TED Talks. And here's the tips for everyone I give. Number one, do you know your content? Yes. Because if you don't know what you're going to say, it's never going to feel good and it probably won't look good. All you all out there who say they wing it and it's fine. I'm okay winging it. Just because you feel good winging it doesn't mean it lands well. Doesn't mean it actually is good. So number one, do you know your content? If you don't, you're just going to get stuck in survival mode presenting or speaking in public. Number two is that passion and authenticity are way more powerful than perfection. We feel all the nerves. We get sweaty in the armpits. We can't remember what we're saying. Foggy brain. We can't remember who was in the room. We're sweating through our clothes because we're trying to be perfect and not make a mistake and don't fail. And we, it sucks out our authenticity, which is our power. It makes us relatable. It makes us human. So I always encourage people passion over perfection. Third is talk to one person at a time while you're speaking. You said this at Shine, I think. Yes. It is, it is critical to the number one skill to communicate confidence and credibility is eye contact. And the way that I've found people to embrace my coaching, which is talk to people for three to five seconds, three to four seconds per person in a rhythm, that they say that is way too long. And my pushback is it, when we're sitting across from each other, we can hold eye contact out for a few seconds. Why, when we're on our two feet in front of a room of just 10 people, do we scan and stare at our shoes and stare at our visuals or whatever else is in the room? So the concept of only talking to one person at a time 
that speaking is just a series of one-on-one conversations in the room. It downplays any anxiety about speaking in front of a large group because you're only talking to one person at a time. And you come off looking way more comfortable, even if you don't feel it. The beauty of the skills is that you can come off looking really comfortable and the idea is eventually you feel more confident too. I love it. Whenever I speak, I try, my goal, and this doesn't happen often just because of how many people are in the room, but my goal is to look at every single person in the eyes. Like I am a like, I feel connected when I look in people's eyes. I don't know if I do three to five seconds. I'll have to think about that next time. I I have some of your video up on my computer. (laughs) We can look at it afterwards. I came in and you were watching me. (laughs) Um, But I try to look at everybody. And I want to tell you this, Amy. Let's talk about this for a second. I So I try to scan the room. I try to look at everybody. But then there's always that person who is a good listener. Like they have the good listener face. I won't say it on here because there might be kids listening and this is like a faith-based show. But the resting B face. Sure. Okay. Uh, you could call it, I guess, a resting grumpy face, whatever. Yeah. Um, but that is a real thing. It is so real. And so whenever I'm scanning, I usually try to, but I, there's one person that I'm always going to come back to because I feel connected to them. Okay, let me tell you why I tell people not to do that. Oh my gosh, why? Because I thought I was doing such a good job. No. Okay, as a speaker, we feast off of nonverbal feedback during speaking. Yes, Naughty, if there's smiling. someone that has the grumpy face, I can't look at you. No, no. Here's the problem. Number okay. one. Not everyone is an emotive listener, so they could be agreeing with you and be moved by your thoughts and ideas and stories. Oh, it's They're so just true. not going to show it. Yes, there'll be an angry person and I'll be like, they hated me. They don't, they think what I said was dumb. And they'll come up to me after and be like, that was so amazing. Right. I loved what you said. And, and I'm like, really? The point is so that while you're speaking then that you feel, they feel engagement from you like any other person in the room. Instead of just Instead a happy of person. Them. Mm-hmm. The second is you can creep out that happy person real quick. Because I don't keep stay back. there, but I will keep coming back because they make me feel so safe. I mean, if we were going to get picky and nuanced, I would say, how often do you come back? It makes sense to me, but if it's every other No, no, no. Person, okay. No, because I scan the... I'm a big scanner. Okay. All right. Well, that's Look, I'm than, trying to tell you. I, no, 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 Amy. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> oh, it's such a vulnerable... When we're speaking our ideas to others, no matter what environment, whether it is church or nonprofit work or corporate world, which is mostly where I'm at, yeah. it is vulnerable. We feel like if this fails, we fail. If this fails, we're a failure. There's so much value that we attach to how people perceive us. Yeah. And those grumpy faces, they can get in my head really quickly. That's something I have to work on. Like you just said, that doesn't mean that they're not there. They're not involved. They're not actively listening. But I am big approval, approval issues and fear issues. And so I will think, I don't know why I'm up here because look at them. They don't like it. Then you're probably not surprised to hear that there's a study that says we would prefer a negative reaction from our audience than no reaction. Because no reaction, we're second guessing to you. Are you agreeing? Are you not agreeing? Maybe I'll reiterate. Maybe I'll rephrase. All of a sudden I'm hustling because I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yes. Where we just psych ourselves out mentally. Oh, completely. Unnecessarily. Yes. And usually after the happy listener that I keep coming back to, afterwards, they'll come up to me and be like, thank you. And I'll be like, Thank you. Your face was so happy. Yes. I literally tell them this. I'm like, you were it for me. Yes. And you know what's funny is I find myself being that listener because I was at church last week and Jaleesa, she sings with my husband in the band. And she came up to me afterwards and she's like, Jamie, you smile when they're doing the announcements. I'm like, yes, because I'm going to be an active, happy listener for whoever's on the stage. Because you're on the stage so much, you know how powerful that is. Yes. The listeners. 
If you are listening to a speaker, smile, please. Or just nod or just like open your eyes a little bit. Don't scrouch them down. Something. Give us something. Give us something. Okay, that those are such good tips. Thanks. If I don't want to talk about this the whole time, but where can people go like to find out more tips and things? Because sure. there are a lot of people who they teach Sunday school. They're wanting to be a speaker. They want to write a book. They are in a corporate job, whatever. Yeah. Well, you could, we have a 30-minute online course that unpacks all the speaking skills and tips, which there's so many helpful, clear tips that you can find at distinctioncommunication.com. Okay. And we'll link it up in the show notes. Wonderful. That's our business. Okay. I will tell you that we are a, our clients are large corporate clients like Nike and Intel and Mm -hmm. Honeywell, large companies, but there are tips. I share them on LinkedIn. I share one minute video tips for speakers of all kinds. And there's that online class. There's yeah. just a lot of resources. There's a, there's some resources you're saying for people who yeah. are not employed by Nike. That's right. Or own Nike. That's right. Who owns Nike? Phil Knight. Okay. Well, you know, I want to read that book. I've Shoe Dog. I know. I've, I've heard great things about it. Also good book. Okay. Shoe Dog. It's on my, it's on my little list of books to read whenever I have some free moments <laughs> in my life. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Hey, look at you. Florist by day, student by night, student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Um, okay. So I want to ask you something you, you, you told me before, and I just want to hear more about this. You said that something that really defined you in your life was when you were 14 years old, Mm -hmm. that you witnessed the drowning of your older brother. Can you tell me, um, you're 34, so that's 20 years ago. And so, um, I want to go back to that because I think that I want to hear about how, how does a 14 year old 
deal with grief? And then what does that look like for you 20 years later of still dealing with grief and probably dealing with emotions that you might not have understood at 14? Yeah. Take me back to that. Yeah. Jeremy was great. He was an annoying big brother. (laughs) And so when people ask me, do you have any siblings? You know, my answer is, yeah, I grew up being teased and boy, teased about boys. And uh, he was a really wonderful young man. When we were, when I was 14, we went out to a lake after a church service on a hot summer day. And we were swimming across the lake. A friend and I decided to stay back and him and his friends decided to swim across. He got tired and turned around to come back. And I heard commotion walked to the edge of the shore and saw that he was struggling. It was odd because of the way the lake is. He was actually close to shore, but it was really deep. And so I was talking to him, you know, float on your back. And he tried, but he was just exhausted. So I I watched his air, his last breath surface to the top of the water, not really realizing, I mean, in shock of what was happening. Then I had to call my parents and tell them, come out to the lake, something's wrong. Uh, and, and people tried to dive in and help and his friends tried to help. It was a really traumatic experience. And when people ask me, do you have a problem with water? Do you have a problem, any trauma? Have you been to counseling? My journey in my grief, number one, everyone's journey is unique. So I want to put that out there. But I had real instant peace, which feels like a miracle Mm -hmm. where I wasn't mad at God. That came later, actually. But I The madness, the anger. The anger Uh came later in college Mm -hmm. when I was more willing to wrestle. I was in a community that let me wrestle. Yeah. I really quickly decided that either, number one, God is good, or number two, God is not. So is he sovereign or is he not? And at 14, just very quickly, I decided... God is sovereign. He was good the day Jeremy died that I will not understand. I will not make sense. My mind wants to. My heart wants to. It cannot. It doesn't have capacity to. And not only that, but I will live my life in a way where I want to matter and leave a legacy because I don't know if I have just 18 years like Jeremy Mm -hmm. did. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was really defining and it still defines me. I would say the grief has changed as I've had children and they talk about Uncle Jeremy all the time. My five-year-old talks about him almost every day. Wow. Like just uh, bizarre almost. Uh-huh. And new levels of grief of the uncle that wasn't that yeah. never got to be that they don't know. So it's the grief has evolved. The anger came briefly in college when I started thinking, why? That was crummy. Why, why did you do that? Why did you take him? But I have to tell you, every year we go to the lake where he died and we throw flowers on the water. And it is a place of serenity and peace for my family, Mm. which is bizarre. Yeah. But we go there and we're reminded that life is short and we have to make it matter. We're grateful for who Jeremy was and that we got time with him. And for me personally, I'm reminded that I'm on a mission and that this life is not it. My mission is here, but this isn't the end. This is really, really, really temporary. Yeah. Yeah. When you say that you had these um, moments of if God is sovereign and then you said, yes, he is, he's good. Was that at 14? Yeah. 
I mean, that's bizarre to me. Amy. Yeah. Don't you think so? Totally bizarre. That's why I feel like it's a miracle. What's difficult for me is when I hear people's stories, uh, it, it would be really easy for me to say, at 14, I had peace. God is so good. But there are people who are in grief, grieving right now and they don't feel the peace. And I want to encourage you. God is good through all the trials and every stage of grief. Our openness, our willingness to hear, our capacity to hear and believe ebbs and flows. And that's why we need to surround ourselves with a community to be gracious and listening and then remind us gently at the right time of these truths. But yeah, 14, it was it was kind of crazy to have the amount of peace I had. In fact, my parents, I remember a friend coming into the my room and asking me questions and I realized my parents had sent them. And they sent them because my parents were concerned. Is Amy grieving? Is she okay? Is she traumatized? But really, I was... I really was okay. Yeah. That is has to be just you looking back and seeing the hand of God on your life yes. as well, you know? Yes. Because that is not a natural, mature thing for, I have a 14-year-old. That is not a natural, mature mm-hmm. thing for a 14-year-old. When I was 15, a year after he died, I was reading in Luke in chapter two, and it, it described a prophetess named Anna. She had lost her husband, and the story describes her keep coming back to the synagogue and praying and proclaiming God's goodness. In my study Bible at the time, it was a youth study Bible. It had said in the column, Anna was a spokesperson for God. And she didn't believe that the best for her life had already happened, but that it was still coming. Mm -hmm. And she was faithful to God. It was then at 15, I said, God... Even when her husband had... Yes. Yeah, yeah. At 15, I said, God, I want to be your spokesperson. Put people in my life that have lost a sibling and I will, in a sense, redeem the pain I feel because there was still pain. Yeah. Redeem the pain I feel at least by being able to offer empathy where no one else might be able to. The beauty of that throughout my life of mentoring several girls who have lost siblings is wild, the connections that have happened. And I feel like if we can move through our pain, and do that genuinely. We can offer whatever suffering that we've experienced in our life as a gift of empathy to someone mm-hmm. else who's experiencing the same thing. And I have seen that happen again and again and again. It is so true that that, you know, that, that is what we have to offer when we've been through something yeah. difficult. And you probably experienced that in your when you launched your book, probably having people approach you and say, gosh, it's so good to hear someone else say that they've gone through something similar. It's the number one thing that I hear. Yeah. Thank you for going first. Thank you for saying this. Yeah. Right. It, it's uh, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. It's it's quite beautiful, but will we take the charge? Yeah. That's, I guess that's the question that we, you know, some of us aren't ready. We're not in the place in our journey where there, we can do that. We have the capacity for that. But it is a beautiful part of healing when you can link arms with other people. We always say, you know, you don't want to be a part of a club of sisters who have lost a sibling. But it's good to know you're not alone. So I get to not say welcome to the club because it's horrendous, but that you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Mary Beth Chapman was on the happy hour. And uh, it's a mom and she lost uh, her daughter in a tragic accident Mm. on their property and one of her other kids was involved. And so all of those siblings, she talks about her her kids 
and how they've walked through grief together. And um, she said what you just said. She said, I never would have wanted to be in this club. Like, I don't want to be in this, but I'm here. And so we're going to do the best with it. You know, um, it's, it's an interesting way to look at it as in what can I do? I don't want to be here, but now that I'm here, how do I get to glorify God and help others? Mm-hmm. Which we could fill in the blank with that club. Right. I mean, I have a, if you have a child with special needs, yes. if your husband's walking through depression, if you're walking, whatever, fill yes. in the blank. Absolutely. And that's your club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I feel like, and I don't know, I could be overstepping here. Has that tragedy in your life led you into other endeavors that you do now? Well, what's fascinating, yes and no. Okay. Uh, yes. When I I mean, read yes, that, everything builds on everything, <laughs> right. right? I mean... When I read that about Anna and Luke, I decided I want to be an inspirational speaker when I was 15. Wow. What is interesting is now I am a speaker coach who helps other people share their stories more effectively. And sometimes that's in the corporate world and it looks like PowerPoint. But other times working with some mutual friends that we have, Jessica and Jenny and you, where there's such deep meaning behind the message and I get to come in as a professional cheerleader. Mm -hmm. What can we do? What can we... So I'm helping other people use their influence just nuancing it, fine-tuning it, being good stewards of that influence. So I get to do it in such a different way. Does that feel that, does that do it for you? There are times when I wish, I do a lot of corporate speaking. Uh That's my gig. There are a few times that I have had opportunity to share more of a personal story. And we were talking about this before we started recording. I was asked to speak at a women's conference or a women's retreat for our church. And I thought, oh, Bible. Oh gosh, I, who am I to teach Bible? And it's not that God doesn't work in me and move in me and I've gotten wisdom. And, but there's this imposter syndrome of who am I? Oh no, people know more than me. So as I get from corporate and get more opportunities into personal, I start to have that imposter syndrome. That imposter syndrome. And when we were talking before we started recording, I mean, I struggle with that um, big time and have to like, it's like I have to tell myself, I told you what my husband says to me all the time is they invited you to speak here because they want you to speak here, not right. because they want anyone else, because they want you. And so I have to kind of just tell myself that over and over again. Okay, God, you have, you've gone before me. They invited me here. So yeah. I'll be Jamie and I don't need to be Jenny or Jen or Elisa or Jackie or who, fill in the blank. That's right. And we could always play that game. Always. Yeah. And we just got to shut those voices up. Yeah. And own where we are. Like we talked about, you got an invitation, accept it, that you are wanted, that your voice matters, whatever your perspective is, and not let those lies get to you. Support for today's show comes from Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and more for female health. I love that Lola makes ordering my feminine hygiene products quick and easy. Here's my favorite part, you guys. You know this about me is that I love anything that is delivered to my door. And Lola does that. They come in a well-designed, discreet box, personalized to have the right variety for my needs. You get to choose your mix of products, the absorbency level that you need, the number of boxes, and the frequency of delivery. And everything is delivered on your ideal schedule. It's super flexible. You can change or skip or cancel anytime. I have a daughter who's one day going to be needing her own Lola box of products, and it makes me really grateful that she's going to have the opportunity to use a product that is safe for her body. Guys, right now for my listeners, that's you guys. You're going to get 40% off all subscriptions. 
visit mylola.com and enter happy hour 40 when you subscribe. Don't forget, you guys, these products are safe for your body. You can make your own timetable of when you need them delivered and you can change, skip, or cancel at any time. Okay, guys, I also want to thank, as a supporter of today's show, Third Love. Using millions of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. First, you're going to just answer a few questions with Third Love's Fit Finder quiz, and then that's going to find your perfect fit. They offer double the number of sizes that most brands offer, cups A through H, and bands up to 48. Some of my favorite things about Third Love is that with their lightweight memory foam cups, they've got straps that they're not going to slip and tagless labels. I hate tags on bras, and so that's one of my favorite things about Third Love is there's no tag in the back. I love the cotton t-shirt bras, and also they have a 100% fit guarantee, which means returns and exchanges are free and easy. And I've had to do that, guys, and they're not kidding. It's free and easy. I wear these bras almost every day because they are so comfortable. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering my listeners, that's you, because you hear me in your ears right now, they're offering you 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off today. I love it. Okay, so I want to talk about the work that you are doing that you told me about when we met at Shine. The movement? The movement. Ah. In May of 2017, there was something my family and I did that created quite... You mean you and your husband and your girls? Yes. Okay, larger family. It was on it. Nope, just the four of us. It was a Saturday, dreary, rainy afternoon. We put yard signs in the back of our car and drove around town knocking on doors asking if we could put the signs in their grass. Okay, you're going to have to... You're gonna I know. Have to, you're gonna the signs like... say three things. They said... But don't... where did this idea come from? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll okay, okay. Gosh, I just need to know. Come on, don't ruin my I know, story. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Trying. Sorry. No, no. The signs said, don't give up. You are worthy of love and your mistakes do not define you. The reason for that was a couple weeks prior, I had learned about the suicide rates in our community and I was floored. I just baffled of the pain around me that you can't see. And I am a doer. And I thought, what on earth can I do? I'm a mom. I own my business. I travel a lot. I'm not a therapist. I'm not, I, what on earth can I do? But these yard signs went through my mind. I read Bob Goff's book, Love Does, and then Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And I had this wild idea of putting these messages on white yard signs with bold, big black letters. In May of last year, I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to finally print these. So there that day came, we put them out anonymously, went back home, and Facebook exploded of, where'd these signs come from? I want one in my yard. People just took pictures of them? They took pictures. What are these? Have you guys seen these? Oh my gosh, it helped me so much. So within four days, we made a bank account, made a website, made an Instagram and now, a year and a half later, we are in 41 states, 20 countries, and several languages, and way more products than just a yard sign. My mind just exploded. Oh, it is absolutely insane. And we just leave. And they all say those same things? No, we added, it's not too late. One day at a time, you are not alone, and you are enough. And it's, it's man, the life lessons from this, number one. Words are way more powerful than I could have ever imagined. Simple words where 
One morning, a, a gal goes out to her car to drive to work and she noticed that there's a car pulled up in front of her house and there's someone weeping over their steering wheel. And she, she goes to the window, knocks on it. Are you okay? And the woman says, your yard sign says you matter. And I cannot tell you how absolutely important and divine in the timing of seeing that today. So they cry before they head off to work. This is crazy. I mean, the moments between strangers, um, one of the most beautiful byproducts is seeing how if you walk around with love tokens in your pocket or signs in your yard, the beautiful human to human connection just exchanging hope and love with other people. I, it really blows my mind how simple it is and how profound for people it's been where I hear people say, I was struggling with cancer and I saw don't give up. And now I put one in my own front yard for me. Or I was in an abusive relationship, but my neighbor had a sign that said, you are worthy of love. And every time I was trying to plan how I was going to get out of the relationship, that sign was a visual reminder of why it's going to be worth it. Or you know, someone leading and mentoring a group of young girls at a retreat and deciding they're going to get our postcards and have the the girls write letters to people they admire in their life and, and giving hope and spreading love or the people in homeless, giving out homeless packages and slipping in our wristbands or our cards of encouragement. Or, I mean, Phil, I could go on and on about the stories of how people, prison ministries, yep, yep. Uh, all sorts of ways that people are using the tokens that we sell at cost. We don't make any money that we sell at cost and make it accessible to everyone to spread some hope. And this is just something you and your husband started by putting signs in someone's yard. People, I got interviewed recently about it and they asked, so where did the PR come from? We've been on the news in Ohio, in Dallas, in California, in Portland, Oregon, where we're from. How did you get the PR? They're like, they, what firm are you using? Yeah. yeah. And I would say they called me. Uh-huh. They found me. It, it It is so striking when you see a sign. It is so unexpected that people get curious and we don't put our website on the sign or a hashtag on the sign. And that was really Okay, well, how do decision. they find you? Google. Google. Wow. I think. Okay, I would like to know why you didn't do that. Yeah, well, it's also my- From eight, a marketing standpoint. I know, I know. And my eight-year-old said, Mom, why doesn't the sign say Jesus loves you? Because isn't that the ultimate hope and truth? Yes, child. But that was a difficult decision too, is to keep, the true source of hope off the sign. That So there's a couple of reasons. Number one, we didn't... The, I think the reason why it succeeds and the why it's moved around the globe and around so fast is because it's pure. Mm. There is no website. There is no logo. There is no hashtag. It's so unadulterated, especially with all the different yeah, yarn signs sure. yeah, we're yeah. seeing around. Yes. So it keeps it pure. And I know that if people wanted to, they can find us. So that's big. The reason why we kept faith out of the movement completely is because the messages would get filtered out real fast by a lot of people if they felt like there was a religious agenda. Okay. And I know people are thirsty for this kind of hope and reminder and love. And I didn't want anyone to count themselves out. Oh, that's a Christian thing. Now, some people see through it a bit and kind of ask me about my story mm-hmm. or they'll send me emails saying they're suffering with something and I will say, can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it goes there and it's meaningful, but there have been some interesting decisions we've had to make along the way as it's gotten more exposure. Those are very interesting decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, someone who believes that our true hope yes. comes from Jesus. Yes. Um, but I can see because I know when I like drive down the road and you see like the cheesy billboard that's like, 
if you were to die tonight, do you know Jesus? You know what I mean? Yes. And I know where they're coming from because I want everyone to know Jesus. But it does get discredited like, oh, that's kind of cheesy, you know? And so I can see that how that decision must have been so difficult. Yeah, and it, well, this kind of flows into another passion of my life, but there are times when our love is generous enough, pure enough that people get curious, what, like, who are you? Where did this come from? And that is what I've, I'm a black and white thinker. I've always, but I'm a rule follower. And if this happened 10 years ago, I would put Jesus on a sign. But I've realized the value of coming alongside people in a way where they feel like there's not an agenda to the conversation and opening up my heart and mind to listen and empathize. And I don't have to come with guns blazing, but that it does come out that I do get opportunities to share about the why. Mm -hmm. And I do get opportunities to share about my conviction and my faith, but I'm a little less abrasive Mm -hmm. about it. And I feel like I've let the Holy Spirit really do the work of changing and stirring, and I just show up ready. Well, actually, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can change. Yes, so right. just say that. Yeah, and yeah. it's not how many times I can reference Jesus in a conversation with my neighbor. Yeah. It's just— it's So gonna, what you're saying is, which is what I think that you're saying, and I like, is that I'm going to love people. And when they ask, why are you so loving? You get the opportunity to say why you're so loving. Yeah. But you don't have to lead with, I love you because Jesus loves me. But you can say, I love you. I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep serving you. And then the curiosity of, you're so kind to me. Where does that come from? That right. leads to, this is why, where it comes from. Right. I love that. Now, I have a question for you. And I am going to be honest. I'm like so curious about this. And also so like, I don't even know where this is going to go or what she's going to say. <laughs> but you told me about some conversations that you're having. And I don't even know what this means. Yeah. With a witch. No, I know. I didn't even know those existed. And they're nice. It's weird. Can you explain this to me? And I'm, 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 I'm going to, there's no joking aside here. I'm I'm not being flippant. I'm being serious. And that's your words. You told me that. Friend, I get it. I, a year ago, I don't, I can't discern God. God's voice very clearly in my life. It's not obvious to me. It's not clear to me. It's not often. And that has been a struggle in my journey of comparing how God speaks to me with others. But there was a crystal clear moment last fall when God said, I need you to go be in the world, Amy. And being a black and white person, I'm like, that's going to hurt. And he said, I need you to get some thick skin. A month later, I meet you. I meet Jessica Honiger. I meet Jenny Allen. And I'm thinking, wow, there's this whole other deeper platform over here. And it was like, God was like, I need you in the world where it is messy. And I thought, this is weird timing. And then I meet with Jenny Allen and we're having this discussion and something strikes me and it's, do I hate my own sin? Mm. So here I'm in the world and it feels messy and it feels gray and it feels like a lot of sin. And then God's saying, but Amy, did you not need me to die for you? Right? So do I hate my own sin? So, and then it was reading a book by a monk of all people. And it it was this sobering, God is a mystery in meditation and contemplation. And so God was calling me to, to lean into what I don't know about him, that I can't know everything about him. So in this journey of going and having difficult conversations with people, God has been fixing and working in me. A month after he said, be in the world, I met a gal named Missy. 
at a conference, a secular conference. I liked her right away. I went on Facebook to, to friend her. And I noticed within 15 minutes, she posted something about being pro-abortion, pro-life. Mm-hmm. No, no, pro-choice. Pro-choice. And I thought, no, I really liked her. That's too bad. <laughs> and then I caught myself, whoa, that was a weird reaction. And what has happened with Missy and I is now we've decided we've become genuine friends. And we decided every month we're doing a Facebook Live conversation about all the terrible, do not touch, hot button topics that we completely disagree on. And we're going to show people how we can do it with love. Yeah. And she is a bisexual woman who worked at Planned Parenthood, who is interested in Jesus, got baptized a couple months ago, and is a practicing witch. I don't even know what all of that means and how it all goes together. I actually don't either. With following Jesus. I don't either. And her and I laughed about it because on our Facebook Live, we did a topic where we don't know what each other are going to say. And we created a list of choosing and something that Jessica Honegger has started. And I said, I am a feminist and I'm pro-life. And she said, there can be people who have a hard time with that. I'm like, both sides, both sides will have a hard time with that. And I said, I'm okay with that because we are complex human beings. And don't tell me I can't be one thing and not the other. She said, great, I am a Christian and a witch. And I said, nope, hold the phone, stop. (laughs) This exercise went way south. (laughs) I don't think you can be both things. She goes, I don't know. And what I decided is that if she pursues Jesus, he will stir in her and sort out anything that does not honor him. And that is not my job to convince. So I am, we're reading. That is so hard for most people and for you because you're telling me you're a black and white rule follower. Oh, Oh, it's so, so, these conversations are very challenging for me. But what's beautiful is that we are reading books together about the Bible. We text each other all the time about it. Uh, she'll call me out. I'll call her out. She posts something that's super liberal and offensive. I'll say, that's crap. Take it down. And she'll say, you're right. Sorry. And take it down. And so we have this beautiful relationship of, we might not agree on most things, but we will engage with heart and with mind and choose love. And people have been really responsive to it. Like, whoa, I didn't know we could sit in a room and be okay and talk through these things. What does the witch mean? She feels like that she can bend things towards her will through positive witchcraft. Okay. So it's not witches and cauldrons, yeah. which is kind of where my mind goes. <laughs> Mine too. And then she's like, meet my friend here. She's a witch. I'm like, you're my neighbor. And then I'll meet my, my friend witch over here. Oh, I grew up with you. And so I didn't realize. I had no idea that in little suburb, little Newburgh, there were people that really would identify this way. I had oh, no idea. I wonder if I know any people who would identify like this. I don't know. And it takes... But that's so anti-faith, gospel, Jesus. I know. We can't bend anything towards our no, will. No, it makes us the savior uh-huh. that we have this power uh-huh. and ability. And, and, you're ju- and you're just like, would you tell her I disagree with that? Well, she knows. Okay. And so in your head, you're also like, it's I can't convict your heart. I can't no. change your heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, totally. So I, I also have to think- accept... It's a little bit humbling to engage in these difficult conversations Mm -hmm. because I know, number one, my agenda really is not to change her mind. It's can we engage this way? Because if she is pursuing Jesus, he'll talk to her and work in her heart. Yeah, it's his job, not yours. I'm not here to change anyone. You know, it's interesting because with a lot of hot topics in the world, like, um, we don't have to talk about it, but because you know, I'm like, I don't like talking about hot topics when they're recorded. But I'll give an example that something's pretty hot here 
um, in Texas, maybe not as much where you are in Portland, which would be immigration. Yeah. Um, and so big topic of conversation. And I would, I would go to the extreme to say that I think that this is a really extreme statement what I'm going to make. And I think I can stand by it. I'll sleep on it and see if I stand by it. But I think that the people who are so vocal and so for sending every person back who is here illegally, like they're just like, we don't care, send everybody back. I would guess they've never met anyone who might have come here illegally and has lived their whole life and has worked a job and has never done anything wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It goes back to Brene Brown's quote, it's hard to hate people up close. Yes, we're the same thing of like, even though if I am like, I don't believe, I believe God's design for marriage is between a man and a woman. That's what I believe. I believe that's scripturally true. If I am like, I hate gay people, I probably don't know anyone. Absolutely. And I, that's not okay. It's not okay to hate. And so you see that. Or the same thing with, listen, our culture is not past racism. It still very much exists. But you would have a hard time hating a black person if, it, if you had a black friend. Well, and let's take it, if I were to be really vulnerable and honest here, if you remove hate, because there might be people listening go, oh, yeah, no, well, I don't hate people. I, the Black Lives Matter movement, I didn't understand it. I am in a predominantly white community. I knew that I was lacking a perspective to even form an opinion. Why do I have an opinion on this movement when I know no people of color in my life and I haven't talked to any of them and somehow I have an opinion mm -hmm. about that? So I reached out to a quasi friend. She's great, Lindsay. And we sat down for dinner and she blew my mind. She's a person of color. And the conversation was hard. I pushed back. She pushed back. It was in love. But we really wrestled. I'm like, tell me about white privilege because I don't. And she did. And she walked me through it. And I'm so grateful because that conversation years ago completely changed how I read the news, how slow I am to form an opinion, how less defensive I am when I listen or read things. It helps me have more empathy because I sat down and it was a face and it was a name yep. and it was a conversation. Hands down. It's, if you see people who are so adamantly, and I said hate, but it could even just be, well, I just keep coming back to hate. You didn't hate black people. You just didn't understand. Right. So a lack of knowledge. Absolutely. It probably means you haven't. And, and I've had to address that in my own life. I mean, I've had to look hard at saying, okay, here's what I believe to be scripturally true, but do I actually interact with anybody who may not be, like you said with your witch friend, like, do I actually interact with anyone? And I had this similar experience about, gosh, four years ago where I was like, God, all I do is talk to Christians. Yes. All, I serve in church. I speak to Christian women. Most of my friends are Christ followers. I'm surrounded by people who love you. And again, I like that iron sharpens iron, all those things, whatever, whatever. But I thought, this is not, this is not helpful for me. And that's when I started um, volunteering at the jail. Oh. That's what brought me to the jail, to jail ministry was just, I need to like rub shoulders. And again, I, it's a little bit different because I'm still ministering there, but I am like, talk about like addressing your own sin. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me to look at them and say, J just because you're behind bars, you have hot consequences that are earthly that everyone can see. Before Jesus, we're like the same. Oh, yeah. And to say that, I have to really believe that. And I really do believe that. I know that there's a, a ideology out there that says, you know, sin is equal. And you know, we, you know, they're not worse sins than others. I'm going to call baloney sandwich on that. And that we really do treat people and sins 
worse than others. Well, you're not saying that that is a true statement. No, I'm saying the consequences might be bigger, but all sin is equal. Yes. Oh, yes. And we do not act like that. And we treat people different when we feel like theirs Uh is worse Uh or more shameful. I mean, I experienced that when I uh, was pregnant in college. Mm. Is I just felt like I grew up in a church that was like, the worst thing you could do is have sex before you get married or drink. Mm. And again, both of those things are bad. But we've got people addicted to pornography that nobody knows about it. And what? Like, you're going to call me out because I now have a visible belly, but yet my friends mm. are doing the same thing. You know what I mean? So it's oh, just yeah. that type of thing. And we do that. We do it so much. And I'm so like, y'all listen, we need to, we talk about vulnerability. Like we need to be able to be vulnerable with what we're struggling with and not fear that people are going to look at us and think, really? That's it? That? Yeah. Girl, get yourself together. Yeah. You know? And so I'm like, I could get on the soapbox with you and we could just stand here and scream. Because I'm, I'm like, yes. But going into the jail, it really helped me to really have to say, do I really believe that we are the same before Jesus? That we both need him the same? That I, you're not worse? Your sin is not worse? Yeah, I do believe that. Maybe God's going to call you on a couch someday and say, do you hate your own sin? Yes. As much as everyone else's? Right. Dang, that hurts. It Jenny hurts. said that to you? Yeah, it was. it came out of a conversation with her that we had eating queso in a hotel bar. It was really random. <laughs> I love Jenny Allen so much. And um, I, I love that y'all were eating queso. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny doesn't have not hard conversations. Like Jenny is like, sit down, tell oh, no. me. So we met because Jessica Honiger said, my friend Jenny wants to meet you. I said, great. We're sitting in the bar eating queso and chips and someone comes up and says, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Jenny, your book changed my life. And I thought, who am I sitting next to? I, had no, I didn't know her. Okay, that is hilarious. No, and, so, and then we're talking and I thought we might talk about speaker Speaking? support. Uh-huh. I am crying about my brother. I'm crying about not hearing Jesus. And she says, I think you are and you aren't recognizing it. She's crying, telling me about the 3 a.m. darkness that she feels every day that she spoke about at If Gathering. Uh-huh. I mean, it was the craziest hour and a half of where am I? And that is, is so queso with Jenny Allen. It's my favorite. I love it so much. Um, okay, Amy, I ask everybody the same thing. First of all, this hour, we have talked about speaker speaking, like your four tips. Yep. We've talked about grief. We've talked about yeah. jealousy. We have talked about witches. <laughs> That's a first for the happy hour. Is it? But we've talked about like looking at our sin and loving people. I'm just like, I'm a fan of all you are doing. Mm. I am really grateful for how God is walking me. They're like stepping stones in what he wants to teach me. And I'm really grateful. It's been more clear lately and really honored to have really genuine friendships, meet people. I just wouldn't have loved, I think, well, a couple of years ago. And it's, I have to tell you, Jamie, it is liberating. It feels so right I feel like I'm making my life matter. I really am trying to leave a legacy. But let's, trying, let's not leave this out. It's hard work. Oh gosh, holding my tongue and having the side hustle, the movement and feeling totally out of my capacity and, and still volunteering in my daughter's school and teaching Sunday school. I am empty a lot and I'm relying on my husband a lot and I feel empty. I, I feel past capacity all the time. I am weak a lot especially this week. <laughs> so it's coming out now. It is hard, but it's so worth it. Do, what, what's filling you up though? Like that, you feel like I am above capacity. I mean, I know this is all filling you up, but you also sound like you feel super 
drained in a sense. Oh, yes, I do. But it's worth it. I feel like... But do you know you can't do this? You can't keep running like this. I'm about... Welcome to my couch, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where's the leather couch? Yeah, you can't keep running like this, right? Right? Okay. Here is my philosophy. We'll see how it sticks. I can pour out all of me as long as I'm getting poured into. Am I at Jesus's feet? Do I desire him more than my influence I have? That's been lately. That is a big question. Oh gosh, that's... That was a... God said, this movement, your speaking ability, your influence is growing, Amy, and I'm going to keep it growing. People have prophesied over that for me. And yet, do you want that more than me? Dang, my, my are drop. we not done yet with these life lessons? So it, it is hard. As long as I'm getting poured into, I will pour out. And that pour into is Jesus. It's also my husband. I have an, a phenomenal family that supports me. I have a phenomenal friend group from college in particular that pour into me and they know who they are. I love them dearly. They'll call me out. They'll pray. They'll laugh. And so I am getting poured into. So you are getting poured into. I am. Okay, good. Thank you, Counselor Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) A little concern. I love it. I love it. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. Um, okay, so I end all of my interviews asking, what three things are you loving? What are you reading? So what are you loving? Yeah, I have overthought this question for the last month and a half. I am so excited. <laughs> okay, but I, I already loving. read. What If you say the same things I've already read, oh man, I have thoughts. Oh, good. I have three things I really am loving right now that I not did not pre-plan a month and a half ago thinking about this. Mindy May's Market is an Instagram boutique I had no idea about. Wait, you buy clothes? Yes. This is my, this is my weakness in life. Oh gosh, they have a product called the Double Hoodie. And it is so comfortable. It is so stylish. They have 30 different options Wait, did online. Did she create these? Because I'm feeling like I've heard of her, but I have no idea their story. I just buy their stuff. Okay, Mindy Mays Market. I'm seeing it yeah, on my Instagram. Super cute stuff, high quality, beautiful, soft. I'm loving their double hoodie and their cowl neck sweatshirts. Okay. Okay, second And thing. you're in Portland. Oh. And so I bet you wear sweatshirts They're a lot. not in Portland. Oh, no, I you are. Lots of sweatshirts and hunter boots and all the things. Wool coats. I have hunter boots too. I love them. Oh, I love them. <laughs> second thing I'm loving is noonday jewelry. Now, I know we're sitting in the noonday headquarters right now, but it's the only jewelry I wear. Is that true? It is true. And it is absolutely true. I will not buy or wear anything else because every time someone says something, I get to say... These are from Vietnam mm. or these were made handmade in Peru. And I get to tell them that there's this company that provides dignified wage for people trying to work themselves out of poverty. It is 
uh, people's reactions. I carry business cards with my ambassador. And listen, there's nobody in this room no, watching I'm not, you say this. No, no, no. My ambassador, Elle, she gave me her business cards and I hand them out like hotcakes. <gasps> I need to have my ambassador give me business cards. Yes, I tell you, I am recruiting people for Noonday almost once a week. I'm telling, I'm Kr- giving out a card. Krista, give me some business cards. <laughs> uh, really, Noonday has shifted my thinking in that to solve really complex problems like poverty, I do work in Rwanda a lot and I've seen it. And I really believe through Noonday's influence on me that dignified jobs is a holistic solution, a very big piece of the solution. It's like a long-term solution. It is not like a a quick fix of handing someone money. Oh no, which can actually make things way worse. Way worse. We've seen that in countries. Uh, But you're actually, it's like that old saying, Give a man a fish. I just, I'm making, and he'll feed him for a day. <laughs> Teach him how to feed a fish. He'll feed him for a lifetime. You got it. I did it. Okay. Um, Third yeah. thing. Third thing I'm loving. So Mindy Mays, Noonday for sure, is Sour Patch Kids came out with mango flavor and watermelon. Watermelon's been around a while, but mango and there's one more and they're so good. I don't like Sour Patch Kids and I don't like mangoes. So I'm out on this what? one. I know. Are you a salty? Yes, I'm very uh, much a salty. Don't give me the sweet. <gasps> I will eat the Reese's, but it also has that peanut butter in it. You oh, know, so that's it's sad. I, feel I know. Like, I feel like our potential friendship just suffered. Like a when bit. you go to an airport, would you bring some Sour Patch Kids or a movie? I bet you get them at the movie theater. Yes, absolutely. I almost brought you some. <gasps> no, I'm really glad I didn't. Well, I would have given them to my kids. They would have thought, Mom of the Year. No. I would have eaten one in front of you and been like, Oh my gosh. And this then is I so would have good. taken it back for my airplane home too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are you reading? I'm currently reading a book with our small group. We've been part of a small group of families for seven plus years, which is crazy. And we read a book and sometimes it's faith-based, sometimes it's not. Currently, we're reading Francis Chan's new book, Letters to the Church. I have that, but have not read it. Okay. Uh, jury's still out. We just started. Okay. okay. But it sparked some really great conversation. But I want to mention two books I've read in the last year that I would highly, highly, highly recommend. Number one, I almost asked if you want to go see this movie with me. Oh, I, I would love to go see the movie. I know what you're going to say. Is it out? Yes. Okay. I it's The book is The Hate You Give. And the the movie just dropped. I didn't even know there was a movie. It's out in selected, select theaters right now. But it is one of those books. I read it in one day, which I am busy and I do not have time and I could not stop. I put it yeah. down, made lunch, picked it back up put kids to bed, yep. picked it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I finished it in one day and it is a really good way to understand a life that might not be yours. That's a good way. We've talked about it on the show before oh, because you I read it um, this year as well. It is so good. It's so powerful. If if you are like me in a community that is predominantly white, pick up the book and learn. Learn. The second book I read was a book by the monk. His name was Thomas Merton. The book is called New Seeds of Contemplation. And it was like a spiritual chiropractic adjustment. Wow. Where I love church, but the westernized church frames things in a way where it was the sobering, God is a mystery. We cannot define him to be silent and in solitude. I feel like those are things we don't practice nor accept that we cannot understand the breath of God and the might of God. And it just brought me into this place of, uh, the unknown, and it was refreshing. Mm. That sounds refreshing. Oh, I highly recommend it. it. I mean, there there are obviously Catholic parts that mm-hmm. I didn't resonate with, but it was so good. I will recommend it to anyone. Okay. And it's not boring. It kind of sounds boring. It's not. I love it. Amy, thank you. 
Guys, don't forget, Third Love is passionate about the perfect fit, and they believe that it's time for your bra to fit you, not the other way around. I agree with them, by the way. Their collections are designed by women for women, so you will love the way you feel under each and every look. And now they offer over 70 sizes and more than a dozen styles. So you'll find the perfect bra for every moment and every outfit. Get 15% off your first purchase by going to thirdlove.com slash Jamie today. Okay, guys, did you love Amy as much as I told you you would? Okay, let's go all the way back to the beginning of the conversation. Remember she said those four things? In case you forgot, here they are. Number one, don't be jealous. Number two, don't create stories or narratives in your mind. Number three, put the request out there for what you want. Number four, your worth is not attached to the outcome of that request. I loved when she said those things. Write them down. Go to the show notes. We'll have them there for you. Towards the end of our conversation, I hope you heard Amy share that all the things she is focused on doing and being has been so incredibly powerful in her life. And it does take a lot of work. It's hard, but it is so worth it. Guys, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is one of my favorite guests that I've ever had on the show. Might be a guest that's been here the most. It is my husband, Aaron Ivey. He's joining me, and we're going to look back over 2018 and ahead to 2019. We kind of get carried away, and nothing's inappropriate, you guys, but we crack ourselves up, and it is a really hilarious conversation. But we look back on 2018 through the eyes of our company and through the eyes of our personal life, what we did and what we have to look forward to in 2019. You're gonna love the show. It's the day after Christmas. Listen while you're traveling. Put your headphones in and go for a walk to kind of walk off all the pie you ate. Anyhow, if this feels weird, I'm signing off for the second to last time for 2018, but I can't wait because 2019 is gonna rock. You guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you guys back here next Wednesday with my man, Aaron Ivey. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 